dear listeners. Happy to be back dispensing some historical knowledge on this edition of Historical Footnotes. A little disclaimer, the title of this episode is Marie Antoinette's Tragic Love Affair. That's because we're talking about Marie's sultry Swedish side piece, Axel von Fersen. However, the thing is, despite all the gossip and slanderous lies thrown at her, their relationship has a big question mark over it. Most historians say, yeah, they were probably lovers, but there's no way to verify it. And that's what we're talking about today. In the episode, Marie Antoinette, the last queen of France, I introduced the count and the key role he played at various points in Marie's life. Now let's dig a little deeper. First off, the von Fersen family was one of the premier noble families in Sweden. Axel's father was a Lord Marshal and worked closely with King Gustav of Sweden. He was also an ambassador to Louis XV. Axel's mother was a socialite and a BFF to Queen Louisa Ulrika, and she was also a great beauty. One fun story is how every day at four o'clock, she would walk on the rooftop of her mansion and King Gustav would make an excuse to go for a walk and admire her. So that was his family. His father had gotten so close to the king thanks to his service in the military, being one of the top nobles in the land, and quite rich thanks to investments in Sweden's East India Company, which traded with China, he had the means to finance something of a world tour for his son. Axel, which, side note, every time I say that, I try not to crack up because when I was in college, I had a friend who made a short film about these two metal kids, and every time one of them did something impressive, they'd say, that's so Axel, like Axel Rose. Anyway, long digression, sorry. Axel traveled through Europe for four years, taking classes at various military academies and basically hobnobbing with celebrities and royalty. He met Voltaire as one does on their gap year in the 1700s, I guess. He also met King George III, as in Mad King George, and then, of course, in 1774, at the tender age of 19, he met the Dauphin, Marie Antoinette, who would become Queen of France just months later. Their meeting sounds pretty erotic, actually. They were both attending a masked ball. We're talking a masquerade, so envision those beautiful lacy black masks, Fifty Shades of Grey style which we'll actually come back to. She was quite taken with him and spent the evening talking to him, but he soon left Versailles and returned to Sweden, where he took up as a soldier and served King Gustav alongside his father. The Swiss guards were the ones who protected the King of France and the royal family. In 1778, Axel was touring different military camps and ended up close to Versailles. So he and the other officers were invited to the many lavish dinner parties thrown at the palace. When he ran into Marie Antoinette again, she immediately recognized him and exclaimed, ah, here's an old acquaintance. From there, Axel started receiving invites to hang out at the Petit Trianon, which remember was Marie's private pleasure palace. Unlike Versailles, the Trianon was not open to the public and was invite only. Now, I should also mention that Marie Antoinette was visibly pregnant at this point with her first child, the future Madame Royale. So she's visibly pregnant she does things like tell him to come to her private chambers dressed in his Swiss guard uniform. She gives him a room in the Trianon that is directly above hers. All of this amidst a backdrop in which courtiers lived and died by invites to the Trianon. Those who weren't invited were super jealous. So of course, people started gossiping about the two. 
Axel repeatedly wrote in various journals that Marie was the most beautiful and amiable princess that he knew. So he wasn't immune to her charms, and it's clear that any infatuation that she had was reciprocated. But the whispering grew loud enough to bother him. He was also feeling frustrated because he wasn't the type to sit around doing nothing. He wanted to earn glory. So in 1779, he told the queen that he wanted to go fight in the American Revolution. She was heartbroken and pleaded with him not to go. But like I mentioned in the Marie Antoinette, The Last Queen of France episode, he went off with George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, Lafayette, and Rochambeau. So he was fine. He went back to Europe in 1783 and during that time was put back to work for King Gustav. Since he was a favorite of Marie Antoinette, he was naturally the one sent to deal with Louis XVI. Over the next few years, he was back and forth between Sweden and Versailles. At one point, he went to Sweden solely to get a little dog for Marie, and she named that puppy Odin, in case you were wondering. They also wrote to each other regularly. Some of these letters still exist, but have been heavily redacted, with parts written over or damaged. Recently, a research team used x-rays and copper counts to unearth a secret message from Marie in which she wrote to Axel, I will finish, but not without saying to you, my most dear and tender friend, that I love you madly and that never can I spend a moment without adoring you. Around this time is also when the libels started picking up in earnest. These were pamphlets that attacked the queen and other members of the nobility. The libels, as well as other jealous courtiers, claimed that several of Marie's children were fathered by Axel, at the very least Louis Charles and Sophie, the daughter that died as an infant. Louis Charles's heart is still around, and they did conduct DNA testing, but it was through the mother's line, so no proof there either. How did Louis XVI feel about all this? He never took a mistress, and he loved his wife, but given his disinterest overall, some historians claimed that he encouraged her infatuation with Axel because it kept her happy, and she didn't bug Louis for attention with him around. Again, there is zero definitive proof that they were actually lovers at all, but lots of circumstantial evidence to spark a whole lot of romance novels and movies. Back to their relationship, however, Axel remained loyal until the very end. He single-handedly planned the royal family's escape from the Tuileri Palace and personally slipped past Lafayette and his guards to bust them out and then drove their carriage on the first leg of their escape. They were caught on the second leg and he was separated from them. He fled and was taken in by Joseph, Marie's brother and still the Holy Roman Emperor. Now, all throughout the royal family's imprisonment, Axel personally went to the different courts of Europe and desperately tried to get help to save France's royal family. He got many of the royal courts of Europe to sign a manifesto, but tragically, that manifesto may have been the nail in Marie Antoinette's coffin. When the revolutionaries in Paris saw this, they believed they were about to be invaded, and the patriotic fervor reached a fever pitch, and that's when the reign of terror began, and everyone started losing their heads, most notably the king and queen. Axel survived the revolution and wrote to his sister, I've decided never to marry. It would be unnatural. I cannot belong to the one person I truly want, so I prefer to belong to nobody. He stayed true to that. He had been known to chase a skirt, but he never married. He went back to Sweden and continued working for the king. He met with Napoleon Bonaparte, and it sounds like that didn't go down too well on account of Napoleon being salty that Axel was such a good friend of Marie. Axel remained a lifelong monarchist, and in 1810, that would prove to be his undoing. 
Gustav IV was overthrown, and succession was a sticky point amongst the nobles. Axel threw his hat behind Gustav's son, but the crown prince, Charles August, was more popular. The prince was then found dead a short time later. On his way to the funeral, Axel was dragged from his carriage by an angry mob. They accused him of murdering the prince, but we now know the prince died from a stroke. They beat and dismembered Axel right there in the street. On that happy note, let's talk about some recommendations. First off, I was today years old when I remembered that Jamie Dornan, the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey, which I haven't seen, but I've seen trailers, he is the one who played Axel in the Kirsten Dunst Marie Antoinette movie. I was very excited when I realized that because when I saw the movie, I just thought, oh yeah, that guy is hot. But now in the time since, he's been a serial killer on The Fall with Gillian Anderson and the hot guy in Fifty Shades of Grey. I'll link to a video of a scene from Marie Antoinette because it's really great, especially now that I actually recognize him. Next, a book came out recently called I Love You Madly, Marie Antoinette and Count Furson, The Secret Letters. I was super excited about this because they say that they have all these letters that were decoded for the first time. But then I researched it and it does not sound like this book is a good one if you want straight historically accurate information. I kind of want to read it because I definitely like to live in the fantasy world where they ended up together. But from the criticism I've seen, the author had an agenda and the conclusions she makes are in line with that. So read if you want, but take it with a grain of salt. That's it for today's episode. Join me next week as we talk Marie Antoinette fashion. (laughs) 